Look, the sound of police firing rubber bullets and stun grenades is nothing new to journalists. Every other day we are out on the streets covering protests and unrest. On the first day of the nationwide lockdown, News 24 reporter Azara Karim was reporting on a story in Yeovil in central Johannesburg. She suddenly found herself in the crossfire of rubber bullets that police fired to disperse people loitering in the streets. I was trying to shout to you, a part of the media. What do you want here on the street? It's a media, what do you want on the street? I want to film. A shot was fired at close range. But fortunately, it missed her. It's only after continuously screaming that she was part of the media that officers finally lowered their guns. Please, everybody must be home. Oh. Come for the man. News 24, I've got my permits. Where's your permit? It's in my bag. And that's where we find ourselves this week on this story in the crossfire of rubber bullets fired by police. I'm Rian Groblo, News24 Senior Desk Reporter, and I'll be anchoring this season of the show. You're listening to The Story. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard, and uncovered this week. I have on the line with me Azara, who, like many South Africans, is working from home. Hi, Zara. How are you feeling now? Hi, Rian. I'm doing okay after the incident. Got in lots of support from family and my team at News24. All right, well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, what exactly were you doing on the streets of Yeovil? I had gone out on the first day of the lockdown just to kind of see uh, what the environment was like. You know, if people were obeying the lockdown, if there was a police presence enforcing the lockdown. So I had gone to a lot of different areas that are close to me and I saw there were police uh, in Yeovil and I saw that the policemen on the Nyala had gotten off and were chasing people down the road and shooting at them but this wasn't a crowd it was just a couple of people who might have had essential business we won't know. One of the police officers after chasing those people away those pedestrians away he, you know, he saw me and then like gestured to his colleagues in the Nyala to come. And then they got off the Nyala and started running towards me. And I started running and I ran into a restaurant nearby. I, I stopped and I turned around and I held up my press card and I put up my hands. I tried to scream as loud as I can that I was part of the media. And I screamed it like four or five times that I was part of the media. And this cop stopped like maybe five meters away from me and just fired his gun even though I was really trying to scream so I ran away again but like not too far and I turned around again and again I held up my press card uh, and then two or three other policemen surrounded me from behind and then they lowered their guns I, I'm not sure what made them lower their guns uh, and then he said why didn't you tell us you were media I said I tried to they said what are you doing here and I said I'm filming I said, I have my permit. Uh, so I showed them my permit and I showed them my press card. And then they basically said that 
I must leave, uh, that they're having problems trying to keep people inside in Yeovil and yeah, told me to leave. So Azara, what, what was the probable cause here? Were you part of a crowd that was dispersing or were you completely by yourself? No, Rian, I was by myself. And even before that, there was no crowd. So I'm not sure why police had to use that force. Like as far as I could tell, there was nobody behind me. There was nobody on the street in front of me. It was honestly just me. Were you uh, a threat in any way? Did you throw rocks or anything at the police? No, not at all. Not at all. I literally just stood there and filmed them. That's all I was doing, standing completely still. Okay, so Zara, did you then immediately leave the area? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was too scared, too shaken up. I didn't even want to continue doing the story that I was doing. I just immediately went home. And what happened after that? You went to the Oval Police Station, am I right? Yeah, so when I got to the police station, I spoke to a sergeant. I told him what happened, and then he started taking my statements. But the whole process was really stressful. I felt like I really needed to fight to have that statement taken and defend myself, especially of why I wanted to lay that charge. So, Zara, as you were giving your statement to police, what was their reaction? Uh, It was a really passive-aggressive, very condescending tone that they used. It felt to me like they were trying to dissuade me from laying that charge. Not in so many words so as to say, don't lay this charge, but saying why I was in the wrong or saying why they, the policemen, were in the right. It felt like I really had to push to get my points across. Uh, There were also a lot of comments that were made that made me feel really uncomfortable. The captain of the station, while we were taking the statement, while he was writing it, asked me to explain again what happened. He After I was done and I told him about the policeman who shot at me close range, he said, oh, they missed, what a waste. And then him and the sergeant just like burst out laughing. Tell us more about the statement. Was it taken down correctly? I asked the sergeant to add in some important information, which I deemed important. For example, the shot at close range. For example, the fact that I identified myself as media a number of times. Just details like that. But actually, the statement was just a paragraph long. It was basically, I was doing my job, I was shot at by police, I wasn't hurt. It was very simplistic. And I asked the sergeant if he could just add in that or if we could rewrite it. Uh, And then he said that, no, he can't do that. What he put is just the essence of what happened. And if they need any more information, they'd contact me. But I just, I had to just tell him, like, I'm going to hold you to that. Like, if if you say this statement is fine, I'm holding you to that. Is all right. So you as a journalist are in a position that allows you to have access to spokespeople at the Independent Police Investigative Directorate, which is also known as IPID. What has since happened? And that's the really disappointing part is that I was getting a lot of recommendations from very lovely people to go to IPID and lay the complaint. And I've also had experience as a journalist in dealing with IPID and dealing with matters that have been lodged with IPID. So most are familiar with the organization and the people in there, which is a privilege of mine. And not, not a lot of people have that privilege. But when I tried to call the hotline, the iPad hotline for Gauteng, and the mailbox was full, like I couldn't get through. So I had to resort to asking the spokesperson um, of iPad if he could put me in touch or, or if he could, you know, help me out. So the spokesperson did put me in touch with somebody at iPad who called me. Almost immediately. Right. So IPAD has since made contact with you. 
Um, I also made my own inquiries and they said that they would be investigating the incident. What is the feedback being from the police? The case was registered, which I was worried about. And then the next day, the detective did call me. So that makes me feel a little bit better. And then, yeah, we also approached Bish Naidu, who is the SAP's national spokesperson for comments on the situation. Again, a resource that a lot of people may not have. And in all honesty, his, his response was quite disappointing. Um, he said that, you know, they believed the police had exercised the principles of crowd control correctly. Uh, he said that they were having an issue with residents in Yobel who weren't obeying the lockdown regulations. He said that I didn't clearly identify myself as media at, at that point, and the cops couldn't have possibly known that I was media. They couldn't possibly have known because they didn't ask. There was no crowd. You know, it's just a, a lot of things that are inconsistent in that reply that disappoints me. Vish also said that I could lay a complaint directly with him, that he would forward it to the Provincial Commissioner for Investigation. All right, we also know that the South African National Editors Forum has laid a complaint with police relating uh, to the shooting that you were involved in. Yeah, and um, on that day there were other journalists who had also had run-ins with the police, and so Sanef condemned those incidents and also uh, laid that complaint. What has your experience been since that first incident in terms of the police handling crowds and the journalists who are in the field. I had been speaking to the cops before that incident and I've been speaking to the cops after that incident. And for the most part, uh, once they realize that you are media, they're a lot more friendly. So my experience for the most part has actually been quite nice with the cops, but that's simply because I'm privileged to be in media. All right. Well, this is how the situation is unfolding as the lockdown enters its eighth day on Friday. That was our report in Johannesburg, Azara Karim. Thanks, Azara. Thank you, Rianne.